I will everybody said about the bird. What's up, beer drinkers, and welcome to another great show of cold brew. That's right, the bird is the word. And uh, are you a bird? I'm a bird. Uh, sometimes I'm a bird. And you'll uh, understand what I'm talking about a little bit later on during the show. But uh, what else do we talk about? Uh, we have, of course, the beer news and the beer list. And in the second part of the show, during our drunken shenanigans, we get into NFL talk. So once that starts, if, if you want to tune out, that's fine. I appreciate that. I don't appreciate it, actually. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> but uh, we uh, we talk about the coaches' corner. We bring up the uh, rookie coaches this year and those who might be on the hot seat already before the season starts. Because, you know, every year there's always one or two coaches that gets fired and they have to replace him with an interim coach. So that is what our show is about this week. Please follow us on Instagram and untap search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. And all right, so that's enough out of me. So without further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. What's up, Chrome? It's our turn, baby. Beer reviews and the Gucci is beer news. This ain't our job, but we're still fly. You know we're the flyers. Barely pay our rent, cause all our money's spent on barrel aid styles and barley wine. We raise a glass to our heroes who have passed. Sports TV and movies too. Pop culture. We talk about anything. are pre-recorded from cold brew studios i am greg he is sorcerer chromatic and we're here to talk about beer yes we are how you doing this week man doing well yeah do you have a good uh, um do you have a good week i mean shit i had to go back to work because i had the week off so you know after you have a week off i don't know about you but it seems it takes me like one or two days to get back into the swing of things like the first day i'm back it's like do I really work here? <laughs> Do I still have a job here? Oh, yeah, okay. I guess my, my ID let me in the gate, so I guess I'm still around for at least one day. Right. I know, like, uh, what you called? I just had a bunch of, uh, you know, work to catch up with uh, from being away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they save it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, very nice. I don't have that, um, what do you call it? I don't have that problem, so to speak. I mean, my work doesn't pile up when I'm out there. Whatever work I left, um, I have to get back onto when I get there. But it doesn't like pile up, so I guess I have that luxury. But it's just the, the I guess it's the routine, especially when you're off a week and you to get back into the swing of things. It takes a day or two, I think. Oh, definitely. But yeah, like people who uh, like work in an office and they have like you know, 300 emails to, to catch up on the day they get back. Fuck. I can't imagine. I I can't. Un- I can't fathom what that's like, but 
Eh, maybe someday when I get into management, I'm sure that's what it's going to be like. Oh, you know. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a, a email at work that you have to catch up on, or are you pretty sheltered from that? Because I have email, but I I don't have to really catch up on it too much. Uh, no. Oh, no okay. Short answer, no. All right. Well, yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they'll they'll email like my place of work or something, and then um, if it pertains to me, they'll like let me know or like print it. But you know, the daily or weekly notices that the from corporate. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I don't want to bore people with it. Nah, no, nah, of course not. Yeah, stupid stuff. All right, well, well let's get to beer then, shall we? Because <laughs> I want to start sure. drinking. Sounds good. All right, so today I have. Hey, I ain't here stopping you. <laughs> you just did. That's very nice. Today I have a beer from our good friends at Alpine Beer Company, and I have it in collaboration with Pizza Port Brewing Company. I have their Dankster's Paradise. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been, been spending Ooh, most of yeah, yeah, I've been spending most of our lives living living in gangster paradise. Um, it's funny. I'll send you a picture after I, I take it. But uh, it's got a like the just the upper part of a head with uh, he's got some lokes on, and the hair uh, spells out Alpine Beer Company. <laughs> it's weird, almost like Coolio's locks, but instead it spells out Alpine Beer Company. Um, it is made with Columbus Mosaic Citra. Rakao, Galaxy, Pacific Jade, and Nelson Hops. Now, you know Alpine Beer Company knows what they're doing with Nelson because they have their aptly named Nelson Double IPA. So yeah, they're very were, highly rated too, right? Oh, yeah. Believe, awesome beer. beer. Right. They were initial. I mean, that was before they got bought out by Green Flash. I don't know. You know, all the beer nerds, I think they romanticize the, the you know, the first few batches, but... Still a great beer. Still a great beer. In fact, it's, it's kind of hard to find because usually you find like Happy Birthday or Duet more so than Nelson. Hey, I just, something just hit me. Some what? innovation. What's up? What's it called? You know how like all the uh, the wrestling fans that are in the know that the Smart Marks? Yeah, yeah. Are the, or they call them the Smarks? The Smarks, right. yeah. Well, the beer nerds, are they the birds? <laughs> we could start calling them that. I like that. We're going to get yeah. that going. Uh, yeah, coined so here first. That yeah. uh, let's see here. And coined by Sorcerer Chromatic. You know, let, let me give you credit for that. Uh, let okay. me see. It's 7.1% uh, ABV. And that's about all the information right now that I have on it. So I think that's enough. So here's to uh, Eddie Gomez. Eh, you know, re revisit that shtick. Yeah. The bird, good. Eddie Gomez? Oh, shit. It smells like <laughs> weed. Alright. <laughs> yeah, the bird. Yeah, yeah, sure. Blame the blame the beer for the weed smell. <laughs> we are a green state, by the way. Alright, uh, what do you got? It's laundry day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I have a beer from Laughing Monk Brewery out of San Francisco, California. Oh, okay, nice. So this beer is called the Prophet S. The pro <laughs> okay. Like yeah, like goddess, PR, but prophet. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. P r o p h e t e s. Right. So, um, not too much description on it other than blonde ale. It says lady gray 
tea. So it's a, uh, like I said, it's a blonde ale with uh, Lady Grey tea and lactose, 5.5% ABV. And that's pretty much all we got to go on with this bad boy. So without any further ado, Papa. Ooh, very nice. Now, hold on, hold on a second, because I got to take a picture. Last week, I, I didn't take a picture. I had to use a uh, picture for untapped for our Instagram. And let me say, let me just say about, uh, you know, I've done it before and it's not my first or my last. I don't like doing it, but when I forget to take a picture of my beer, you know, I got to, you know, I got to put something for the gram. Right. Let's see here. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere and like, I thought someone called you out. Say, hey, that's my picture. I want the credit. <laughs> then they file a complaint and get your picture banned. <laughs> banned on, on Twitter or on Instagram. I, yeah. uh, I, yeah, I used to give, uh, um, shout outs to the people who I, uh, steal it from, but then, you know, I didn't get a thanks or, uh, or anything photo from cred. it. Photo cred. So it's like, eh, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so this uh, Dankster's Paradise, it is a West Coast style, super clear, super danky. Like I said, it, it smells like weed. And the taste is exactly the way it smells. Really dank, um, really f uh, like a lot of floral in there. There is not a lot of bitterness. I'm not getting super, super bitterness. Maybe, maybe my palate hasn't warmed up to it or is in a... Maybe it's already prepared for it, because uh, truth be told, I've, I've been drinking before this. And, God, this is really good. There's no malt profile to speak of. It's all hops. This is a big old huge hop bomb. And it's been a while since I've had a hop bomb like this. I, I really like it. Um, very... It's what you think a West Coast should be. Piney. There's some floralness to it. There is... A, I'm getting some bitter now in the late finish and a little bit of a uh, a dry a dryness to it i like it well you were drinking your beer i was talking about mine um <laughs> okay you were <laughs> i mean you drunk already <laughs> drink that, reverse it. <laughs> there you go Ooh, good good reference <laughs> good save <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you did on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I did. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, blonde ale. Blonde ales are easy, easy drinking beers, in my humble opinion. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of those birds out there might bring one up or two that don't fit in that category description. Yeah. However, for the most part, it's easy to say uh, blonde ales are in the day crusher category. Yes. So, no, this one, um, okay, it's got some sweetness to it, obviously, from the lactose, and it's got, like, a little bit of, uh, well, yeah, like, tea spice going on. Now, uh, this yeah. one's pretty cold. I, I know it's going to open it up. However, really, really palatable, really approachable beer. Not too sweet, but it's got some sweetness going on, yet still very beer-esque, uh, blonde ale, if you will. So, right. I, I'm liking this one. This one's, uh... Right now, this one's an easy drinker. Is it got like a, a fruitiness to it? Because you, I assume it's got some Earl Grey in it, right? Because it's called Lady Grey. Oh, I guess I, I haven't broken down the uh, the, the tea world, but um, okay. Cause, and you know what, yeah. dude, I am. I'm, 
Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with Earl Grey is either. So I don't know what Forgive it is. Me. Yeah, it, I think it's black tea mixed with some. And but for me, I like Earl Grey tea. I get like an essence of Fruit Loops in it. Like when I'm drinking Earl Grey tea, just straight, like I I, I taste Fruit Loops. Really? Yeah. That, but that's just me. Maybe it's my unsophisticated tea palate. Huh. But that's so. That's what I get. So anytime I, I think Earl Grey tea, and this time, this in this case, Lady Grey, maybe it's some variation thereof. So I was just wondering if you get some fruitiness to it. Um, I can't say that outright. I mean, okay. the sweetness isn't like isn't like sugary sweet. Right. It's a perceived sweetness. I'm not saying Earl Grey tea is sweet. I'm just saying that there's a, a fruit loopiness to it. There's a fruity okay. essence to it, but. Then again, you have a you have a lot more going on with beer than you do with tea because you have the malt and the, the what do you call it the the hops. I'm sure with the you know, with the blonde you get more malt than hops though. Right. All right, so we will rate these beers later on Untapped. Be sure to follow us on Untapped uh, Cold Brew Podcast. C O L D B R U E. But now it's time for the beer news. All right, I got three stories this week. First off, I saw this and I had to read this twice, or I had I, I had to do a double take and then I had to read it because I passed it. I'm like, I don't want to talk about fucking mayonnaise beer. Why not? <laughs> like they're adding anything they fucking want to beers these days, right? Mayonnaise beer. Well, it's not quite this. It, it's not beer with mayonnaise in it. It is a collaboration between Champion Brewing Company. And Duke's mayonnaise, but it's not a beer made with mayonnaise. It's a beer that pairs well with mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> what a unique claim to fame, right? Well, you know, like a lot of people like you know, a lot of people like ranch, a lot of people like uh, barbecue sauce, a lot of people like mayonnaise. <laughs> you go over to, you know what they call the Big Mac in France? Or uh, uh, was it? What was it called? Big Mac. <laughs> a quarter pounder. Oh yeah, quarter pounder. That's it. <laughs> what do they call a whopper? <laughs> the, the Royal with cheese. But uh, they, you know, they 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 drown them fucking fries in mayonnaise, right? I believe so. When I was in uh, when I was in Europe, I noticed that they had, but it wasn't like just straight mayonnaise. It's just usually like flavored mayonnaise, like with uh, some kind of spice, like rosemary mayonnaise, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, deal in there or something. So, um, but yeah, the uh, people like mayonnaise, and so Champion Brewing uh, out of Virginia, they tuned up, teamed up with Duke's Mayo, which is a uh, um, a regional brand because I don't, I've never seen it out here, so I'm guessing um, it's pretty pretty popular back in Virginia. And they created beer. You know, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I listen. I listen to the Office Ladies. Yeah. And oh yeah. It's not. It sounds familiar. I think Duke's was was a, a prop they used to, to keep the authenticity. Oh, okay. It, it, it might even be part of a the Michael Scott uh, salad dressing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think it's, it's like I know uh, it's uh, Paul Newman's. It, it mixed with something else. So. Oh, okay. Right on. Um, yeah, the, the and I could be completely wrong, but I don't know. I sounded like, it, it, it rung a bell. 
Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I'm sure it was dropped in, in an office episode uh, at one point. The Virginia-based brands, because Dukes is out of Virginia, um, have cracked a, crafted a lager inspired by BLTs all in the name of mayonnaise. So basically, it's a BLT-paired um, beer. And it, the beer is called Family Recipe, and it's a Vienna lager, in case you're all wondering what type of beer it is. Doesn't have, oh, it's 5.1% ABV. Uh, it's brewed using Vienna malt along with Magnum and Saz hops. So there you go. We have a, uh, a family barbecue coming up on the East Coast. Check out um, Champions Family Recipe. Uh, Champions Culinary Team created a menu inspired by Duke's products in celebration of the launch and dual Southern Heritage. It's uncertain if Family Beer will launch nationally just yet, but for now, the brew is offered at Champion locations as well as restaurants and retailers in Virginia and North Kakalak. All right, next is a um. Oh, I'll get to this. This headline made uh, made me think of something. Uh, beer may be a better post-workout drink than we previously thought. And what it reminded me of was when I was at Ground Control this week buying some beer. They had a beer by Athletic Brewing Company, the non-alcoholic um, beer company. I'm like, where was this? Like when I was doing my um, my non-alcoholic beers, but I remember we talking about it because they were they're based out of or. I think they're based out of California, right? And they brew beer that is non-alcoholic. It's made for the athlete in mind. Oh. Remember we had the one uh, that Sierra Nevada bought out. Um, God, I forgot the name oh. of it. But we were we talked about. It. Yeah, there you go, Sufferfest. Hey, good memory, dude. <laughs> Better than me. But it was that time that that time we brought up that story about Sufferfest. It reminded me of that. But this, you know, there's yeah. a there's a non-alcoholic beer. A brand called Athletic. Right, yeah, that's that's it. That's the one that, that I saw. I just saw the, the for the first time. I saw it over there. But it didn't have alcohol, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> Maybe I should, but I, I, gotta, I gotta get back to the gym. Um, but let's talk about uh, this story about being a better post-workout drink than we previously thought. A new study finds some potential benefits of, a, of knocking back an ice-cold, low-ABV brew after endurance sports. A systematic review on beer consumption related to endurance sports was published in the International Journal of Sports Nutrition and Exercise Metabolism. So it's not like a uh, an article on VinePair or BuzzFeed or something. This is, this is actually in an, a peer-reviewed journal. Among these findings, light beer could be a decent recovery aid post-exercise even as good as water in some aspects. Based on the research, a low ABV beer, one less than 4%, mind you, can be effective as a post-workout hydrator. The review also says that adding sodium to non-alcoholic beer can improve its rehydration properties. But even scientists add the caveat that adding salt would create a taste problem. Once you go over 4% alcohol content, however, or more than one or two one or two 12 ounce low ABV or so if if you drink more than than one um, that's where the benefits decline says Jason wine a PhD student at Old Dominion University and co-author of the review when you're at risk of tissue including including higher water loss reduced muscle gains 
less than optimal training and potentially an increase in body fat so what they're saying is one low abv beer 12 ounces after a workout is beneficial because it rehydrates you um if you add sodium then it it, it helps rehydrate and it, ha- it also has uh, some carbs where water does not so i don't know if you, if, if you know a lot about like replenishing your your glucose and your your carb carbohydrates after you work out because when you work out you use carbs and so if you replenish that um in an adequate way then it helps uh muscle regenerate okay but when you start drinking too much like as far as abv abv like higher abvs then what happens is it acts as a diuretic and it actually takes water out of your system and makes you want to pee more so that's where the the negative aspects so if you if everything in moderation right so what this review is saying is one beer below four percent um is actually more beneficial than straight water alone so what like one Michelob Ultra so there you go it's science Michelob Ultra is more than four percent I don't know why you keep judging me. No. Just because I believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know what I got? My, I got my daughter saying, "Go, go away, read some <laughs> books." <laughs> oh shit! We, I made her watch that. I made her watch that for the first time like a, a couple weeks ago, the week before you guys came. Hey. She liked it. She she thought it was fun. All right, one more beer news story. So when you're going on Instagram, I don't know about you, but when I'm scrolling through our Instagram, our cold brew Instagram, you know, you you see a lot of the promoted ads, you know, they look like uh, um, posts, but they're really from, you know, retailers. You ever see the the Dr. Squatch? Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're they're making fun of uh, soap in in a bottle. Right. Well, Dr. Squatch actually collaborated with Stone, Stone Brewing out of Escondido, California. And they are coming out with a Stone IPA men's natural soap. Nice. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. I'm going to read the, this is from BroBible.com, by the way. So, you know, it's a peer reviewed. Um, (laughs) Hitting the scenes. It's bro reviewed, actually. Hitting the scenes in 1997 as Stone Brewing's first anniversary beer, the Stone IPA was a hit that launched generations of hop fanatics. In the past 15 years, Stone IPA pioneered West Coast style IPAs and has become the go-to for stocking the fridge. Exploding with triple blah blah blah. Let me skip to this. That's why new soap sent from Dr. Squatch has got me excited. The men's natural personal care brand has teamed up with San Diego-based craft brewery stone brewing to launch a limited edition soap scent inspired by its legacy beer the stone ipa the official dr squatch stone ipa collab is made with real stone ipa this soap has a slightly hoppy bite just like the beer but please don't eat it um do they i mean i'm wondering if they actually actually use the beer or if they just use the hop profile You know, you know I mean? it, it, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, Dr. Squatch is a uh, kind of like a designer brand, and uh, 
they are, I guess, do they tow the uh, the natural line? It's a natural <laughs> ingredients. Like, no, I, like I a... know one of their big thing is they call out a lot of body washes are technically detergents because they don't have the uh, the formula that qualifies as soap that type right. of stuff. So, so I'm just wondering um, if they use a real ingredient as opposed to just additives uh, to keep their uh, their uh, I guess what is it quality uh, product thing going. Right. No, uh, yeah, I I I, see, uh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm trying to go onto the Dr. Squatch website and I you can get the Stone IPA bundle which includes the uh, three three um, bricks of Squatch Stone beer. Excuse me. Three sticks of the uh, or they look like little bricks actually. They look like coasters. Um, Stone IPA soap with a free sticker <laughs> for 21 bucks. Damn, three. So that's like $7 a fucking bar? Holy shit, dude. That's a lot. Like, I, I started using bar soap again um, just because, I don't know, I just I just wanted to change. But I don't know about spending 7 bucks a fucking a bar. How long does it last? Um, but I'm trying to get onto their website to, to read about it, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, it says uh, they they use natural products. Well, here's uh, the official word from DrSquatch.com. Too many products use synthetic detergents and harsh chemicals wreaking havoc on your skin and body. At Dr. Squatch, we are dedicated to using the finest natural ingredients that will have you looking, smelling, and feeling your best day in and day out. So yeah, Dr. Squatch products are 98 to 100% natural in origin. That means we don't cut corners. So this is like that. You know, I've had, I've tried those with the, the Thomas brand or St. Tom's or what is it called? The one out of uh, uh, the, the New England area. I've tried some of their stuff. It's a little bit more expensive, but man, $7 a fucking a bar. Holy shit. Anyway. Anyway, so if you want, uh, there is Dr. Squatch and Stone IPA bar soap. But I would have to say, yeah, I would have to say they they don't use beer. Maybe this BroBible.com got it wrong because why would you want like the malt and the yeast and all that? All you really want is the the hop profile because that's what really stands out in the Stone IPA. No, I agree. It's kind of a because uh, you're it's not like like you know if you cook with beer like beer batter fish and chips or something like that like right or even like i don't know beer and some sort of bread right you're like that'd be cool like you make beer right and then the same grains in the beer you used to make a uh, bread but then when it calls for water you use that beer i, I, mean, I don't know if they do that or not. You know <laughs> that's like triple down right or you mix it up or you use a different type of beer to get Anyway, you get what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's not a food thing. You're like you're not consuming it like you would uh, normal food and drink. So, yeah, how does this work as a an ingredient, right, or as a a side a side uh, additive? Um, right. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. So, you know what time it is? Yeah. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time. For the cold brew list. As we proceed to give you what you need. Let me ask you this. 
Hmm. What kicks off in another three weeks? Three weeks? Oof. Um, the NFL uh, regular season? You do it. All right. And you know, our longtime listeners know that we have a passionate, passionate, uh, what you call the relationship with football. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... During football season, this could be called the beer football show. Right. So I have a list, and you might have saw this, on the teams with the drunkest fans in the NFL. <laughs> ranked for 2021. All right, let me, let me I'm going to take a wild guess. Um, the top, two of the top three are going to be Philly and Buffalo. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there and let let let's see where your list goes. Go ahead. All right. Well, do I start with 32 and go to one, or do I to go to one and see who's left? Go 32 because there are a, a few teams that could be in that top spot. Right. Okay. Now this list was compiled obviously um, based on 2020. Yeah. Well, well, but no, but last year, <laughs> last year threw a big wrench in this. Okay. Yeah. So um, they they surveyed they, they surveyed fans. Oh, okay, okay. Instead of the yeah. taking the hard data from sales. Yeah. So a recent report from Sports Handle examined the long standing tradition and ranked the nation's booziest and biggest drinkers, surveying 2,013 fans of legal drinking age. Uh, the report looked at the average number of drinks consumed and what it costs for each game. Oh, okay. All right. So number 32. The San Francisco 49ers. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's a good thing. It is. It is. I would say if uh, there was better service, it'd be higher. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you, so they came in. They, uh, they they don't serve it in the stands like uh, at some other places. That you know, that's a huge thing too. Yeah. You give that. Although, like, you could order it and they'll bring it to your seat. That's true. They do. They did offer that, yeah. like, uh, at the new Levi Stadium. Right. So new. It's, 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 it's been around yeah. for what, like, like almost almost ten years now, right? No. No, it's six like six years. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm rounding up. <laughs> After five, you could round up. Right. <laughs> All right, okay, number thirty-two, the Niners. I like it. I I really like it, right. just because uh, it makes us not look as drunken and slobbing. Right, but so, um, it, it does add to our frou-frou image, though, that we got back in the uh, forty winers, the wine and cheese, and all that stuff. Yeah, nah, don't need to bring that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then yeah, their average drink score was a, a two point six. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Which is so quite a scroll, bit of money. Scroll ahead to, to number one and what's the number one drink score? You don't have to tell the team. Uh, just I, I just kind of want to uh, get the, the frame of reference. Uh, the range we're dealing with? Yeah, so 2.6 and what's the the number one um, drink score? 5.2. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So it's not like, you know, like 20, 20. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So then here we go, though, too, because like, when I look at it, then um, number 31 and 30, they both have the same drink score of three. Okay, all right. And uh, so maybe um, the price, yeah, maybe price kind of put hmm. one above the other. Okay. 
Now that's the thing. If if they're tied, would you be more drunk if you're paying more money for beer? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Like you know, like if, if yeah. you you know if if you pay you know if you buy three beers at twelve bucks each at one place, but then you buy three beers at you know ten bucks each at another place. Does that, does that make the higher the more expensive beer place the higher ranking place? Depends on what kind of beer it is. No, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, the one I'm saying is because you because you're willing to spend more money on alcohol. Does that make right. you a drunker, boozier fan? No, yeah, that, that's a good question. In my that's eyes, fair. that is, you know, <laughs> no. right. So uh, going by that, uh, 31 is the Tennessee Titans, and number 30 is the New England Patriots. Okay. All right. Now, number 29 uh, at a 3.2 is the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought they'd be a little bit higher because, you know, up north they like to drink. That's true. Especially during the winter. Huh. Keep going. Uh, numbers um, 28 and uh, 27 uh, at 3.3. 28 is Seattle Seahawks. Uh, 27 Miami Dolphins. All right. Okay. Wow. These are surprising, especially for Seattle. Now, here we go. Number 26 at 3.4 is the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. The, I was way off then. Yeah. <laughs> and then also at 3.4, the Giants and the uh, Cardinals. So, two of your teams. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. It's the New York Giants. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you worked in San Francisco. <laughs> but you didn't deny the Cardinals. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Are you, are you questioning uh, which red I'm going to wear uh, yes. in October? What, what, what tint? Yes, <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. 23 at 3.5 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. All right. And the Chiefs are also 3.5. And they're wow. number 22. I thought the James, Chiefs were a bunch of drunken idiots. The fans. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, let's not de- detract from that. Yeah. yeah, there's idiots in every fan base, though. Yeah, number twenty-one, Northern Saints at oh. three point six. Okay. Oh, this Bourbon Street bastards. Right. Now this is a this this one I question because you really can't get a feel for them. Is a uh, at number twenty. The Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, well, yeah. I mean, if you take their their fan base, they're coming from Oakland and, right. and L.A. and all that. No, uh, that is true. So yeah, you're saying, six. Okay, you're saying this is a survey, so I'm I'm just going off of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So nineteen is Jacksonville. Really. With, yeah, wow. with 3.6 as well. Oh, that's pretty high. I thought they'd be a, a little bit lower. I thought they'd be lower than fucking Minnesota anyway. I thought... Yeah. <laughs> so, people in, in Jacksonville drink more than Minnesota? Or maybe it just costs less? Pretty much. Right. No, I think, yeah, it might be cost less. Um, okay, this one is... Uh, the next score of 3-7 it has the most teams. Five teams coming at 3-7. Okay, all right. That'd be the, the Washington football team. All right. The New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, the Green Bay Packers, and the Dallas Cowboys. All right, they that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, wait, but real quick with the, the, the Washington football team, what do you think their team name is going to be? Uh, then they come down to like sure. the Red Wolves and the. That's like the Red Hogs, the Presidents, the Defenders, or oh, something like man, that. Oh, the Presidents. That's, just, that's yeah. a stupid name. It is. I like our. I think one of them was the Armada. I like that one. I like the Red yeah. Wolves. It's really good. And this Washington football team is so stupid. They got to change that. But. Right. I've heard I've heard reports about the owner Dan Snyder, and I can see him just being a fucking asshole and just keeping that name. Right. Because he's because he's an asshole. All right, keep going. Yeah. What? Oh shoot, I forgot this late night guy. He played a a clip of Dan Snyder and no, not Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera, the head coach and yeah. like the team president. I forgot his name. However, they're like. They're like going over the name possibilities, uh-huh. and, and when they were talking to each other in a talking about a nickname, you know, they would blur over their mouth so you can even try to lip read, and they would censor it, right? Oh, so they so, they already know? No, 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 because they're they're throwing the possibilities. Oh, okay. But at the same time, it sounds like they're saying like derogatory names. You know what I mean? <laughs> they should or just like, throw- like obscene names, you know? Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. like a late night fucking shtick. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but it, no, but the thing is, I, I forgot who are, I, I think it might have even been like a Washington football, um, like their, their media, their like little mm-hmm. behind the scenes videos, like stuff like that. So it's it just funny. The fact didn't, that it, it looks, it looks, it looks more obscene than it is, you know. Didn't, doesn't Jimmy Kimmel do that? Like unnecessary censorship and they show like the, the press secretary when, when he or she is talking and they bleep certain words. <laughs> so, so it makes it sound like they're talking about something lurid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Right. But this is on accident. You know, they didn't try to do it. But. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Next. Uh, keep going on your list. This is a long list. Yeah, all right. So, uh, 13 is uh, the Champs, Tampa Bay, with the 3.8. And uh, 12 is Houston Texans at 3.8. Oh, okay. All right. The Champs and the Chumps. Yes. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta is number 11 at 3.9. Ah, okay. So, now we're in the top 10. These are the right. top 10 yeah. drunkest teams in the NFL. Or yeah. the fan base. Right. So, the average ranks of... 4.1 at number 10, Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> Rebuilding since 1957. Uh, number 9 uh, average is uh, 4.3 drinks is the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Did you see that fight? No, that there's a fight. fight? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, last oh, week, there's there's a, yes, huge yes. Huge Ram. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. The uh, one guy versus three guys. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Did I even send you the clip? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay. Did you see that yeah. one? That of uh, the the op the alt angle with the uh, when they show that one woman who threw the drink to start everything. Oh yeah. Or oh, she started the the actual punching and stuff because they were just talking oh. and John and everything, and then she yeah. threw a drink and that's when hell broke loose. Yeah. Like he turned around, she threw a drink right at him. He turned around, thought it was the guys, and he just unloaded. Right, yeah, exactly. But well, then, then, but then, then yeah. he got he got fucking taken down by the three yeah. guys. There was yeah. like a there was one Charger fan and three, uh, but mostly it was uh, Rams on Rams. Yeah, and then too, I heard there was a big fight between the uh, the Cowboys and the Steelers today. I'm going to look at that after. Ooh, after all right. Yeah. 
Uh, people, hey, people, <laughs> people, people have been itching for fighting all year. <laughs> Dude, oh man, I don't know if we should do this for the show, but I was watching Netflix and mm-hmm. they did a, a thing on on Malice at the Palace. Oh, I heard that was good. Dude, oh my god, it was so addicting. I just wanted to check it out real quick. Yeah. And next thing I know, it's like you know, <laughs> uh, an hour in, I'm like, oh shoot. Well, do I go to bed or do I stay up and finish it? <laughs> <laughs> so is it? A, it's just a, a one. It's not a series. It's just a one movie. Yeah. Okay. Just a, yeah, just a documentary from. Uh, and, and dude, I didn't know the Pacers were that good that year. Oh yeah, that yeah, they were yeah. stacked. Yeah, crazy, crazy what could have been for them. Yeah, exactly. But I gotta check that out. All right, uh, yeah. next. Uh, so that was the Rams. Who's next? Uh, at four point three again is gonna be uh, number eight, Cleveland Browns. Oh, the I, yeah, I can see that Cleveland. Yeah. And then at seven, uh, the L.A. Chargers at four point four. Oh, okay. Well, LA, LA. Maybe, maybe. Same fan base. Number six. Uh, okay. A bonafide beer town. At 4.4 is the Denver Broncos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, where the GABF is held every year. Yes. Uh, number five, Carolina Panthers. Uh, again, 4.4. Oh, yeah. Then at 4.5, uh, number four, the Chicago Bears. Okay. All right. That's a drinking town, too. And then here is... Um, the top three. You, yeah, top three. You called one of them, the Buffalo Bills at wow. 4.5. All right. All right. And then the top... Here's one that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Number, number two is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. That is surprising. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, at four point seven, and I'm just saying, surprising as you never hear of of stuff like that with them. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. It's surprising, like in a good way, because you don't associate. And again, you you, you could be drunk and be very civil to your your fellow fan. You know, doesn't I'm not associating this with, with the riots and fighting. We just happen to talk about the Chargers fight, but all right. But without without telling me number one, just. Yeah process of elimination i'm gonna just say it's the jets no jets were like number oh they were the tie with yeah yeah with, yeah with all those people okay yeah uh number one at 5.2 a fan base that really has to drink <laughs> the cincinnati Bengals. oh shit yeah all right so wow ohio and the where was cleveland at they were in the Cleveland? top ten, right? They were like eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they got they got two. That Ohio State has got two teams in the top ten. Sounds like no. Yeah. All right. What's Good the yeah? What's what's the do they do they, do they put a reasoning for the for them to be number one or no, a write up? No. Okay. Well, at least on this report yeah. of that report. Yeah, that's all they put. They didn't say why exactly. Oh, okay. All right. So this whole time, we're just uh, guessing. We're just looking at the final results, yeah. Yeah. All right. When we're, spectate- we're spe- spectating why they're there. Right. All right, man. What, good list. Um, I, I don't mind our team being number 32. Because, I mean, it just means they, we, we're there for the game, not the drinks. Yes, we are. <laughs> just trying to spin it. Just, this is the preseason me anyway. <laughs> and uh, 
man, our, our team's looking good this year. Um, next week, we will get into our predictions. Um, all I got to say is I'm going to rank our team pretty high because I have high hopes. But then I had hopes last year, and then the whole fucking Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas thing fucking happened. And Jimmy G. And Jimmy G was uh, a week later, right? Or a couple weeks later? No. Him and Bosa got hurt the same day. Damn, and, and Thomas? All three? Yeah. Fuck, I didn't know it was the same. I, I forgot. They see, uh, it was just, uh, I think I was trying to block it out. Right. All right. Um, how's your beer treating you? Good. Good. Um, I get a little fruitiness. I get what you're saying. With, okay. With the sweetness. Yeah. But, it, I mean, this is total easy drinking beer. All right, so we're going to untap our beers right now. And what was the name of your beer? I forgot. The Prophetess. Oh, yeah, that's right. Prophet. Is it a Prophet S? Just like I would think it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Laughing Monk Prophet S. <laughs> it reminds me of that fucking scene in Falling Down. No officer, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it in right here. <laughs> great movie, man. It's a great, good movie. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people talk about it these days, but it's still a good movie. Um, What would you like to rate this beer at? Uh, none of our friends have rated it right now, and it has 307 total check-ins. What would you like to rate this beer at? Uh, I'm going to give it a 375. Three seven five. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, well, not funny, but uh, very coincidental because it has an overall rating of three point eight one. So you're like right there. What What are your notes? What, what would you like to talk about? What would you like me to type about it? Um, it's light, sweet, light, sweet, approachable, <laughs> approachable. There you go. And save. And check in. Let's see how many badges we got. Oh, Total Wine gives me a 10% off. Very nice. Um, uh, unlock the badge. Cheers to independent U.S. craft breweries at level 43. <laughs> That's it. That was the only one we unlocked with that one. So I had by... Alpine Beer Company in a, in collaboration with um, Pizza Port. Now it doesn't say on on here Pizza Port, but on Untapped it gives a, a Pizza Port shout out. So I'm I'm a little confused, but in collaboration with um, Coolio and Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Dancers Paradise. I like this one. This is a West. This is my first West Coast in a while. Seems like in a sea of New England. Style IPAs, the West Coast is very welcomed, very floral, a little sweetness to it, um, to be honest. I uh, Later on in the tasting, I got some sweetness and maybe even a, um, a little bit of, of like a lemon, like a lemony zest to it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just perceiving things, but I liked it. I thought it was great. I'm going to give it a uh, 425. Alpine coming through. Let's see. He has an overall rating of 3.93 right now. So I gave it a little bump. A little bump. I, I like this one. 
Maybe I'm being a little biased because, like I said, I haven't had a West Coast in a while. So I'm going to see here. Dankster's Paradise 3.93 has 1.9 thousand. Almost 2,000 check ins. 425. And I'm going to say it's floral, um, sweet, and overall dank. Save and check in. Any badges? Any IPA badges? Oh, I got a, uh, we have, we got a American craft beer around the world. You have discovered two American craft beers that are enjoyed around the world. Quite an explorer. Really? This is an around the world fucking beer? This is a Daft Punk yes, beer? Yes, it is. Around what? the world, around the world. I wonder how many songs out there just have three lyrics over and over again. That was as popular as Around the World. That weren't by that <laughs> Right? <laughs> One more time. No, because he well, says, I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to masturbate. Anyway. Um, all right. So like we promised, real quick though. Real quick, because I know you went to the A's Giants game. The Battle of the Bay. Um, today, how was the game, man? I mean, just just going out to a sporting event. What was it like? I haven't been to a sporting event in so long. I can't fucking wait. I know, man. It was weird. It was it was good to be back. Yeah. At the same time, it seemed weird. Um, we took our daughter too, so it was hers. Her first sporting her first event ever. Yeah. All right. How'd she do? She did great, man. She's a little champ. She's a little trooper. You know, yeah. she did complain. She did get a little like I don't want to say scared, but like you know when uh, when people cheered and the crowd roared, she got a little startled. Like what's going on? Because okay. obviously, yeah, she's not she paying attention to the game. Yeah, right. She didn't <laughs> understand. But after a while, I mean, she got into it, and uh, you know, uh, we kind of uh, cheered quietly, like with her, like so. Yeah. So she Clappy. she understood. Yeah. Yeah. She understood why people. Uh, did that. In fact, too, with the uh, you know like the. Uh, the let's go Oakland and clap, yeah. clap, clap, clap. She, oh, yeah. she started clapping. She clapped along. Oh, okay. Not, not in rhythm, but just clap. Her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen her clap. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I saw the game, I and so in game one, the, the A's beat the No matter how good the Giants are or how what kind of run they are, every time they run into the A's, they run into a fucking, a, not, I want to say a juggernaut, but they run into a, 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 a hazard. It seems like the A's always have the fucking Giants number, no matter what kind of years both the the clubs are having. So they, the, the, the the A's won game one, and game two, I think I I actually fell asleep because you know I I worked during the uh, I worked night, so during the day I looked at the score before I went to sleep, and it was three two A's. I'm like ah it, it's ah fuck again we're gonna lose again, and oh, no no it was five two A's. Excuse me, it was five two. I'm like fuck. They seem like insurmountable to quote uh, Michael Scott, and then I woke up and it was like giant six to five. What was that like? Well, it was terrible because well, yeah, for, the, for you anyway, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the, the giant, yeah. There was a lot of there were a lot of Giants fans there. Yeah, of course. There was, uh, there was two back to back home runs. 
Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, by the Giants. And, and like, I want to say like the sixth inning. Mm. Might have been seventh. I forgot. I think I, I fell asleep around the fifth. That's, that's uh, when I was like, yeah. uh, I'm, 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 I, I was watching the game, but that's when I checked in. And I'm like, okay, I'm checking the score and go to sleep. Yeah, but I then, expected uh, to the, wake up and, and saw the uh, another Giants loss. The Giants in the top of the ninth they had yeah. a two-run home to take the lead. Oh, okay. Who it's hit like it? Crushing. Oh shoot, I couldn't tell you his name. Okay. It, it wasn't wasn't anyone popular. It was a, I don't know. I think it was a, might have been a pinch hit too. Or no, another. I think one of the back-to-backs was a pinch hit. Because I know they, they pitched, they, they, they put uh, Yaz in to pinch run when, when the guy got on first. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. It might have been that rough guy. Rough, okay, yeah. I, I've been keeping track. So I, like, since I'm out here in Arizona, I don't get all the, the, the nightly uh, um, updates, you know, like, like I did back when I was in the Bay Area. You could just throw on any local news sports cast and they... Very homerish, but at the same time, you get to you know the, the updates for every week. So I'm not as familiar with uh, all the 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 names of the guys, especially for the this year with the Giants. It seems like there's a lot of platooning going on. They have their their big names like Posey and, and Crawford, but and Yaz. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of role players on this this year's club. Uh, fair, fair to say. Yeah. Reminds me of the A's in a lot of ways, to be honest. Right. Because the A's used to be like that back in the back in the well, even still now. <laughs> anyway, so but a good time out overall, like you know, with the fam. Oh yeah. All right, right on, man. That's cool. I can't wait to go to my first sporting event. And speaking of sport events, we are going to get into the NFL. So every year, like uh, most of our longtime listeners know. Sorcerer Chromatic likes to talk about the rookie coaches. Now, we, when we say rookie coaches, we mean actually, he means the NFL teams with a new head coach for the year. Like, how did they do? And uh, um, I'll jump ahead. I'm going to jump on your headline or jump on your mojo a little bit. But this year, we have seven coaches that are starting with a new team. And all of them, this is their first year in the NFL as a head coach. Fantastic. So go ahead and take it away, Sorcerer Chromatic. We have seven new players or seven new coaches in this uh, in this year's new hires for head coaches. Uh huh. And the first on the list is none other than MCDC. <laughs> by the way, all these all these coaches are in alphabetical order by their last name. Okay, so it's uh, Motor City, Dan Campbell. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about MC, like MC Hammer or MC Lighter. Oh, no. <laughs> Master of Ceremonies. <laughs> okay, man, that makes a lot of sense now. All right. So, um, he's got some prowess because he was a former player. Right, yeah. Yeah, he um, he was drafted by the Giants back then, back in the day. Uh, played with the Cowboys a little bit, the Detroit Lions, ironically, and the Saints. Oh, okay, all right, cool. So he he knows the Lions' uh, um, organization already. The Fords, right. somewhat, yeah. Right, it's been a while, but still. Yeah. So then, yeah, when he got out of his last year in the league was uh, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. When he got out, he was uh, an intern with the Dolphins and the tight end coach. 
And then he even became uh, the interim head coach. I forgot the name of the coach that left. Shoot, were we doing? Were we doing this in 2015? No, we weren't. Yeah, that was our first year. Yeah, but I don't oh, think Oh, the I coach's the corner? corner? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think we did it like the, the, the next year, right? Right. And then uh, he became assistant head coach and tight ends coach with the Saints. And then he got the nod to go to the Detroit Lions. Hold on, I, I'm gonna. I'm trying to find out the who was the coach that got fired that year in 2015. Uh, I don't know. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Um, D. Oh, it was Philbin. Joe Philbin, uh, remember that dude? Yeah. Yeah, and so he got fired after after four weeks, <laughs> and Dan Campbell took over. All right, go ahead. After four weeks, yeah, he was because Philbin was one three, but when he got fired, so oh jeez. And then, uh, um, yeah, because he was uh, Philbin was around for a while because he was with with the Green Bay Packers for a while, right? Wasn't he the OC at Green Bay? Yeah. All right. And that was, I mean, that was that was afterwards, but he was, uh, yeah, no, he was before, before that, he was, yeah, he was OC at Green Bay. Then he was in with man. I'm looking it up right now. But uh, he was the OC with Green Bay in 07 to 11. Then he was the Miami Dolphins head coach from 12 to 15. And then he got fired during 15. And then he went back He went back to Green Bay in 2018. <laughs> and he was the interim head coach again in 2018. Sure, oh, right yeah. now he's Philbin's over in, in Dallas as the, the O-line coach. Yeah, okay. Oh, geez. The next guy on the list is uh, David Culley, head coach of your Houston Texans. <laughs> that is the... I feel bad for him, man, because that is yeah. probably the, the worst spot to land uh, of all the yeah. vacant spots. Yeah, he's throwing shit into a fan himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's throwing himself yeah. into the fan that is already covered in shit. Right. <laughs> and you know what's right behind him? What's that? More shit <laughs> coming at him. Yeah. Cause yeah, they have a they got no future draft picks like for the next few years. They have very little talent. A quarterback who does not want to be there. Right. Man, he it's just a, a bad situation. So I I I hope the best for him as far you know personally, but for uh, team wise they. Are going to be the laughing stock of the. They might be the laughing stock of the, the league this year, even below yeah. the fucking Jaguars. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're definitely um, in a world of hurt. That's, and the <laughs> thing is, it, it's off the field issues and, and bad previous management. Oh too. yeah. Oh, what's his name? And, uh, um, d- well, Deshaun well, the Watson is, might be suspended right for his off field issues too. Right, and the, the thing is too, it's like. You know, O'Brien was really holding a lot of shit together. You know what I mean? When it comes to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he with also the, he also fucking Hopkins and and Watt and just you know. He also uh, caused a lot of it with his draft uh, with his GMing because he was the GM as yeah. well. Yeah, he's kind of like the de facto GM though. That right. was the thing, you know. So and, and again, that's not his fault though. I mean, right. It would be his fault if he didn't, because you know. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely the the ownership yeah. fault. Right. And they're all saying, uh, uh, I've read a report that Coley is really just a placeholder until uh, Josh McCown, who's uh, like an assistant, um, takes the helm. 
because Coley's been around for a, lo- a long fucking time, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I'm looking at his coaching stuff. I'm, I'm not even going to get into his college um, uh, coaching career that started back in 78. Damn, how old he, is this guy? He's uh, 65. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> so he's already one of the older coaches in the league, right? Yeah, isn't, yeah. Isn't Pete Carroll and uh, Bill Polichek like, like they're they're almost 70 or might be 70 this year? They're in their 60s as far as I can remember okay. anyway. But late 60s. Right? <laughs> okay. But with that said, uh, going back, I'll just start his uh, his pro experience starts back in 94 with the Buccaneers as a receivers coach. Okay. Then he was receivers coach with the Steelers, receivers coach with the Eagles, receivers coach and senior offensive assistant with the Eagles, uh, assistant head coach and receivers coach with the Chiefs, then Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach. Ooh, that's not a good one on yours, man. Not sure. <laughs> um, All right. And then uh, Baltimore Ravens, assistant head coach, receivers coach, and passing game coordinator. Last two seasons. And now he's got the nod for the Texans. Oh, okay. Well, so does that mean he was under um, Andy Reid, right? Uh, possibly. Because Reid really... was there like in the early 2000s. So yeah, oh, yeah, um, he was uh, when he was uh, in the with the Eagles. He was with yeah. Andy Reid. Oh yeah, he was with the Eagles for a long time. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. ten years or eleven years. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Uh, next is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer. No, oh, Mister NCAA. Right. Did he? Uh, Avoid a scandal at Ohio State. <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of fucking scandals that he handled when he was at Ohio State. Right. Um, so, yeah, he's been uh, in an interesting career with the, uh, with the coaching. He uh, basically became hit the scene in the, the early 2000s at Utah. Uh, okay. But before that, he was actually at Bowling Green. And before that, he was at Notre Dame as a receivers coach. But his, his, he's, he's from the college ranks, so his right. first college uh, head coaching was Bowling Green. Then he went to Utah. Then he went to Florida. That, yeah, and, that, that's uh, what I remember him, was when he was in Florida. With your boy Tebow. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, yeah, the Ohio State. And now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. So, um... So he coached. Yeah, uh, he coached Nick Bosa and uh, who else was he with? Uh, um, was he? He's with Fields no, last it, year, right? No, no. Well, that's thing. He he might have been with with uh, Joey Bosa. He actually he stopped coaching in, in 2018. He, oh, okay. He, he, I think he was doing some some uh, like ESPN work and stuff on the side. Oh, but, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I forgot. I I totally forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, so he might have coached Joey Bosa, but. Okay. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was the year they won with the uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and. Uh, and then, oh yeah, Zeke. Yeah, okay, I remember yeah. that. Um. So yeah, Urban Meyer uh, comes in with that huge, huge uh, college pedigree. But and it it doesn't always work out for the college the college coaches, right? In the NFL, not always. Sometimes, oh, no. but. Yeah, def- I know. I know what you mean. Unless they have like a NFL background, 
and they went to college, and then they come to the NFL. It's it seems like uh, they don't do it. Like Nick Saban comes to mind. Like Urban right. Urban Meyer and Nick Saban are kind of like in the same cloth, cut from the same cloth. You're right. So. But like Jimmy Johnson, you know, he let the league on fire. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, there there are success stories, but you know, it's, so it remains to be seen with Urban Meyer. So, right. And the Jaguars are aren't the best uh, situation to go into. Right. Next. Um, moving on, our old DC, Mister Robert Sod. Oh yes, yes. I'm I'm. I'm hoping the best for him, but he's in a tough division already with the Miami come uh, on the already on the upswing and the Patriots being the, the old standard bearer for like the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, like Urban too. I mean, uh, he's got the second overall pick, and they're you know like b- both those franchises, the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars and and the New York Jets, once again are hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they got their. Their franchise QBs in their the, eyes, you know. Yeah, and the Bills are also in the, in the East too, that are that, that are predicted to be go far in the in the playoffs. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not comparing to that. I'm just like saying that they're kind of in the same the same seat, you know. Regardless of their division, it just uh, it, it's all new for him. Like like I said, it's a oh, fresh yeah, start yeah. for for the team. Oh yeah, they're, um, they're different divisions. I was just talking about in the East. There's the, the one uh, more team they have to the Jets have to worry about. And then he's too kind of a the more un uh, unpopular hire is the fact that he's a coach from the defensive side of the ball. Right. Don't get me wrong; there's been a lot of successful defensive coaches. In fact, you know Bill Belichick's a a, a defensive coach. If you want to split hairs, you know Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. Um, <laughs> George Seifert won a uh, he was yeah. a defensive coach. He won a he totally fucking lucked into his situation though. I wouldn't say lucked. I mean, he put in the work to get there. Uh, I mean, but like he already had the team built. He didn't have to build yeah. a team like Salah has to do. Right. So let's go back. Uh, he was uh, he started in uh, 2005 with the Houston Texans. Mm. He was a, just a defensive intern. Then he became the quality control coach. And then he became the assistant linebackers coach. And then he went to Seattle, became the defensive quality control coach. Then went to Jacksonville, become the linebackers coach. Then he went to San Francisco, become the defense coordinator. And now he's the that's that's fucking awesome. I mean, there's a lot of really good coaches that come from that that intern slash um, quality control. Yeah, uh, the quality control coaches. For those of you who don't know, they they're the ones who actually have to go and watch the game film to give the uh, the the coordinators the the backgrounds of the teams they're playing. Right. And then they also got to make sure that the players know the backgrounds too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they do a lot of studying. So they guys fucking smart. Like one of the best coaches that came out of there is fucking Gruden. He was a, uh, a quality control coach when he first started. Oh yeah. For who? The four Niners. If, if, if I remember serves. Right. I just wanted to see that. Okay. (laughs) You bastard. All right, I love it though. Yeah. Go Nanny. All right, next. Uh oh, real quick, real quick. Uh, I I watched a little bit of the the Jets game today, and uh, that Zach Wilson looked really fucking good today. Oh, did he? Who did yeah. play? Yeah. Uh, the Packers. 
okay. They beat the Packers, in fact, 23-14, to 14, and Zach Wilson had uh, two touchdowns today. So he looked, he was, he was good the first week, but he was great this week. So yeah. That's cool. So good for him. Um, and for good for Solid too. I mean, it's preseason, so take what, take from that what you will. But they, uh, they had a really good, uh, they had a really good game today, so good for them. All right, next. Moving on to the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Who were, what, champions like four years ago? I know, no, right? They hit the race of <laughs> <laughs> I still crack up when McAfee goes, hey, don't forget, uh, what was it, Peterson? Yeah, Doug Peterson. Doug, yeah, Doug Peterson had fans eating horseshit in the streets after your Super Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he eating horseshit. Remember that? Did, did, did they really? Yeah, the fans ate the uh, the 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 cop on the horse, the minor patrol. Oh, I don't. No, I do not remember that. I remember the the riots and well, not the riots, but the celebration. I just said the yeah. celebration remember and the destruction from that. But I don't remember, remember that the city, part. The, remember the city hall gates were closed and they they were climbing them and they got a keg over the wall too. Remember yes, that? I remember that part. I remember the beer part, but I don't remember the horseshit part. Why don't I uh, remember? <laughs> fucking. Hate. Because a lot of places didn't show it because they're civil. Yeah, because you know? they're, they're degenerates. They're sh- they don't want yeah. to show degenerates on TV. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, um, I'm sorry. So, Nick Sirianni, he's he's a youngin', he's 40 years old. Um, he is very experienced with the Chiefs. He was the, okay. uh, he was their, their offensive quality control and uh, assistant quarterbacks, uh, Offensive quality control coach again, then moved to receivers coach, and then went to San Diego in 2013 to be their their quality control coach for offense. Then mm. became the quarterbacks coach, and then the receivers coach, and then he became the offensive coordinator for the Colts, and then he is now the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Wow. Okay. So he's held a lot of positions. Right. So he might be pretty fucking smart. I'm more at least uh, experienced. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about it too, I mean, and he's forty. He's only forty too. Yeah, it was Kansas City Chiefs under Reed, and then San Diego. I don't know who the coach was in twenty twenty thirteen. It wasn't Lynn. Was it Turner? Was it North Turner? Is that your boy Turner? (laughs) Nah, I don't know. But he was with uh, San Diego from twenty thirteen to. To 2017. Okay, all right. I'm I'm looking it up right now. McCoy, Mike McCoy, was the head coach in 2013. <laughs> he was nine and seven, and won a wild card playoff. Wasn't that who's next? The head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Arthur Smith. Oh shit! Isn't that the um? Is he like son? No, Arthur Blank is what you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't Arthur Smith the son of Fre- Frederick Smith, the the CEO, chairman of the board of my company? Oh, is that him? Because was it? He's with the the Texas uh, the Titans, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, Frederick Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's him. He's the son of fucking Frederick Smith. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Fred expensive as, as some I've I've heard it called. He got the nod. He is a 
He's actually a little bit younger than Sirianni. He's a he's a thirty nine. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, he he trekked in with the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. in uh, in um, two thousand seven with the defensive quality control. Then he actually went to Old Miss for a little bit, and then he went to the Titans in two thousand eleven. He was a defensive quality control. Then he's was to offensive quality control. That's interesting. Then offensive line tight ends coach or tight ends assistant. Then assistant tight ends coach. Then tight ends coach. Then Tennessee OC for the last two seasons. Right. And now he's Atlanta's head coach. It's kind of easy to be the OC when you have fucking Derrick Henry on your team. Right. But uh, <laughs> real quick, I had no idea that. Yeah. He's got nine siblings. Oh, wow. So good old Freddie Smith from the FedEx founder and CEO fucking had 10 kids. I had no idea. Holy shit, man. <laughs> if you're rich, if I was rich, I'd probably have 10 kids too. Right. You could afford them. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he got a lot of praise in the last couple of years uh, with the Titans because he, he did. He. They were great. I mean, without a good quarterback, they they went far. They there's a, a there's an argument they should have gotten into into the Super Bowl two years ago. Remember against the the Chiefs, they were winning, and yeah. then they let the Chiefs back into the game. And um, hey, I, I could say that about the Super Bowl two years ago too. Jeez, <laughs> bringing it up. <laughs> no, but I just remember that that whole playoff run. Just because our our team was in it, so of course I was paying attention to the other side, potential uh, um, Super Bowl uh, opponents, and I was pulling for the Chiefs that year because I thought we could have beat the Chiefs. I thought we could have beat the fucking or not the Chiefs, the the Titans. I thought we could have beat the Chiefs too, but you know, shit happens, man. Bad luck. Right. All right. Uh, next, who's next on your list? Next to uh, finalize the list, mm-hmm. the new head coach of. The L.A. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> okay. Brandon Staley. I gotta say, this is this might be the best spot of all the teams to get a new coach. This might be the best spot to land in right now, this year. I could, I could say that. I mean, yeah, the fucking Justin Herbert is so fucking good, man. And they, they were really good. They were pretty good last year. They're going to be, I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, this year. They got a, uh, they got a tough division, though, because you got the Chiefs, of course. And then who won the Super Bowl two years ago? They went last year. And I think the uh, um, the Broncos got a, lot of, got a lot of talent. And even the Raiders uh, can win some games, especially in, in the division. So, then be it. As far as the new coaches go, he's got the best situation. I think. What do you think? Where, where, where's he coming from? Let's see. His background uh, for pros starts in 2012. Oh, with Tennessee, he was a grad assistant. Oh, okay. so that, I'm sorry. That was that was a college. I'm sorry. He goes back to. Oh wow. The um. Wow, not too long ago in 2019. Uh, 2017, he was the outside linebackers coach for the Chicago Bears. Okay. Wow. And then 2019, he was outside linebacker coach for the Broncos. And mm-hmm. then in 2020, he was a defensive coordinator for the Rams. So, I mean, he's he started coaching back in college in, in 2000. 
six. But for pros, he's a uh, he's he's relatively uh, new, right? That's like what five yeah. seasons, right? So hey, I mean, at the same time, good for him if uh, you know they they see something in him and he, he interviewed well and performed well. I mean, you know, these guys deserve all the credit they get for getting where they're at. Right? Yeah, you got to put in work and at least give a good interview to the the owners. <laughs> yeah. That is true. So that concludes this year's Coach's Corner uh, participants. Very nice. So I'm looking at a, a couple of different um, articles. Just, just to, I'm already looking forward to 2022. And these are the coaches right now before the season starts that are on the hot seat for this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through them, and I want you to 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 rate whether you think it's fair or not. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, the first one on this list is is Cully. He's in. A, I, I, I don't think it's fair to put him on. I mean, fucking, he's in a bad situation. It's not his fault. Okay. Uh, the next one is Fangio with the Broncos. What do you think? Is it fair to put him on the hot seat, or is it still too soon, or wait and see? Um, no, they, they. Here's the problem: they don't have a franchise quarterback. Right, yeah. I mean, they have yeah. two quarterbacks that are performing well in the preseason, but, you know, when the regular season comes around, what are they going to do? You can't have you can't have two equal quarterbacks in the preseason. It's just going to lead to bullshit during the regular season. No, I, I agree. I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. Who, who do they have? I right. mean, yeah, I mean, it's not fair, but, yeah, I could see that. Fangio might, you know, they might... uh they might hit the reset button, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to include fans or fangs. <laughs> the uh, the next one on the list is Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins. Nah, no, he, he's he's doing good things down there. Now, granted, I think he so needs too. Some good quarterback. He's doing. He needs some uh, good quarterback play, but I, I I can't see him. I agree. I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think uh, right. They they expect good things out of their team, but it's because. It's because he of the groundwork he's been laying. So you, I think yeah. he's got a couple more years before he yeah. he gets in the hot seat. Yeah, plus they got a lot of, of draft capital coming up too. I mean, yeah, you know, if he keeps it going and, and gets some more blue chippers. The Rams. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and the Texans, the Rams, and the Texans. Um, next on the list is Cliff Kling- Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's he's in a tough league. Uh, you know, they got him to work with uh, Kyler. Why? Why yeah. reset on on Kyler already? I think so too. I don't think he's in the hot seat yet, but he made so many mistakes last year. Let's see how well he improves this year before we put him on the hot seat. Fair I say enough. give him. I say give him one more year before he gets put on the hot seat. Um, next on this list is Matt Lafleur, Green Bay Packers. Um, nah, nah, because uh, I, yeah, I personally think he was in on the on the his name Jordan Love. Yes, like, like they they had to have uh, him in mind when they got Love. You know what I mean? I think so too. And Love's actually been performing well in the preseason. Maybe not, you know, the best um, of the 
backup quarterbacks, but he's been doing well. Word. Uh, Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys. Possibly. Uh, I, 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 Jerry's Jerry's getting old, son. Yeah. He's doing that time. He's he's got time a, he's got a hair trigger, that's for sure. Yeah. So I I can see that. Uh, next one on the list is Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears. I can see this one. I, I really can. Yeah. Um, he's got a new quarterback though. They might if he. They should start Fields, man. They should say fuck. Yeah. Andy Dalton just throw Fields in there. He get, do you see Fields take that big hit today? Oh yeah, he got lit. <laughs> yeah, his helmet came off and everything. Shit. But he's he's a good he's good. He's been showing himself good. Even if he stumbles in the first few weeks, I I think they gotta start him. If if they don't start him soon, then then Nagy's done. Um, we're almost done with this list real quick. Uh, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals. Nah, nah, because uh, Burrow's injury isn't his fault. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And uh, let's see. And then last one on this list is Mike Zimmer with the Minnesota Vikings. You think he should be on the hot seat this year? Mm. That's hard to say. Because he's, yeah. It, it might be because, you know, Zim comes up on the defense side of the ball, and uh, yeah. they got solid defense. So it's the offensive game. You know, they need, I'm, I'm they not need a big... someone that can really get it going. I know I know the the buck stops with the head coach. I'm just saying that. Yeah. It, it might. It not, it, I'm not. He might not have the, uh, what you called, the, uh, the offensive prowess to, to get it going. And, and, he, I, I think it's because of Kirk Cousins. He's good, right. but he, he's a good backup. Uh, he's good, but he's not franchise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. He's not franchise. He's he's yeah. he's what you want in a in a, in a stopgap, but it's not a stopgap year for Zimmer. Right. And he's making franchise money. Right. Exactly. All right. So that was real quick. I, I just wanted your take. So. And we know later on in the year, uh, I just wanted to get a an insight of who might come up on the coach's corner <laughs> mid mid season because there's always one or two, right? Word. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to bring up on this episode of Cold Brew? No. no cool, okay. man. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next. I went everybody's head about the bird. The bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, don't you know? I'm the bird. Well, everybody knows that the bird is a winner.